What's up, bro? What's up, my literal literal bro? Yeah, what's up, literal brother? Um, back at Out of the Rough Golf, just the brothers edition. Yep. Jimbo just was too disgraced to show up. <laughs> he uh, prior engagements, as he, some may say. Well, his happy barn rep pick didn't really work out, so he just didn't want to show his face. Anyway, he had a feeling Brooks was going to win too. I but. mean, you had a feeling that he wasn't going to win, and that's about as wrong as you could be while still being right. <laughs> yeah, the thing is that I was right, even though I was pulling hard for the guy. Yeah, today. I mean, we definitely were. But like, I would have loved to see Brooks win. But, uh, yeah, uh, with that being said, obviously this is the uh, post freaking U.S. Open. We just finished watching the U.S. Open straight off of Gary Woodland's win and – Man, what a way to end it with that putt on 18. Yeah, I mean, that's like all I can really think about right now is that if he just three-putted to a win, I would have been so bummed. Yeah, the fact that he made that long birdie putt and the way he reacted with yeah, the crowd and stuff it was made super... it easier to accept. Like, oh, he he, he deserves this. Yeah. Like, he's been playing his ass off. So, yeah, you don't you don't win a tournament on the last day. And so he's he's played he played his way into a great position and he was able to hold it up. And, you know, minus two for the day is still solid. That's... It's just that's just the way it goes. Like he put up a number and he was able to defend it, and it's not like he played bad today. He played great today. A lot of people fell to off in the field, so there wasn't a whole lot of low numbers out there. No, really, it was Adam Scott, Brooks, and I think Xander. Xander, yeah, yeah Xander. Those are the, the low rounds of the day, man. But I really thought the begin the beginning of Brooks's round within the first five holes, whenever he drained that long birdie, I think on five. Yeah, he was heating up like. Oh my god. They gosh. both kind of went through like little stutter steps in the middle. Yeah. But Brooks especially, like he kept missing some balls right, his approach shots right. Yeah, he was getting his tee shots in the right rough too. Yeah. He had that shot where he was uh in the hazard area too. Or it wasn't a tee shot, it was an approach shot where he ended up in the uh hazard and then he hit it into the bunker. What hole was that on? Yeah, that was uh eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he uh he was still playing he was playing great golf and you know, I think at a certain point you kinda he kinda ran out of gas there a little bit toward the end. Yeah. And uh it kinda showed, but he still played really, really good golf and I think this finish is you know, it's the most impressive finish you can have without winning. I mean, a solo yeah. second and I mean to do it on his third his attempt at a three peat, like you you learn to respect a man and you learn about his character more in defeat than you do in victory. And I mean, I have more respect for Brooks now than I did before. I mean, to go out there and not, you know, wilt to the pressure, like he still put up a hell of an effort because he was not in second when he started today. No, like he was a good bit back. I think he was barely in the top 10. He shot three under today, finished at 10. He was at seven under starting the day. Yeah, and, and Woodland I, was at 11. Yeah, and I think so he was four back starting the day. Yeah, so he was at the minus 6, he was at the minus 7 club and there was like Roy was at like minus 6 or something like that. There was just kind of like yeah. that pack of guys that and really, Chez was at 7. He didn't really do anything to move around. Yeah. But still impressive showing for Chez and you called that. Yeah, I mean, somehow we can get into the, our little picks or whatever here in a minute, but somehow I just had a feeling the boy Chess was going to 
show up. Yeah, I think weirdly enough, even though they're very different conditions, uh, the Pebble Beach Pro Am versus this uh, Open, you still saw the guys that kind of tend to do well at Pebble Beach do well here too. Yeah, so I think it's the just... course is still the course, and you still have the sight lines. You still have kind of the way that you want to play it because like guys like Brant Seneca still did pretty good. Like, and he usually does good at the Pro Am. I think it's like just you know when you you have a course that you like, you know those guys like that course, so they're gonna you're you're just you're gonna tend to play better there, considering even yeah. if it's harder conditions. If your course just suits your eye, like you're gonna play better there. Yeah, and I mean you can't change the fact that you're still putting on Poana, yeah, or Poa or whatever. I don't know what Papa Poa, Poa, um, and so I mean. I mean, we could probably talk about the course a little bit, just like how it played over the week and how the USGA yeah. did, because that was a big storyline for a lot of people. Kind of, there was going a big, into the, it. yeah, there was a big article released about all the the players that were kind of tearing the USGA like a they're a new asshole, just kind of like they've always fucked up, they've always been bad. At this we oh, there was a year where we all wanted to boycott, we almost did it. Like, I think that they definitely can't do that for this setup. Like, uh, if anything, it played way easier yeah, than so it you, should have. Well, so, uh, I mean, maybe not then it should have is up to opinion, I guess, but like it, the, the winning score was a lot lower than Yeah. So there's two, there's two schools of thought on this. So there's people that think it should be a good test and there's some people that think it should be carnage. And I think it's hard to make it carnage at pebble while still making it rewarding the best golfer. Yeah, because it's so short. There's only a few ways that you can defend it, and when there's no wind, well, you're it, not going to see numbers that are going to go su- and like. There really, really wasn't high. any wind the whole week. Yeah, the like, whole week. that was so unusual. Like you look out into Stillwater Cove, and the water was still like. Yeah, so I honestly think the USGA really couldn't have done it any better because if the wind did blow and they made it any harder than it was now, it would have been out of control. Yeah. So I, I honestly think they did it masterfully. Um, I don't think this is going to be an unpopular position on this. I think a lot of people will agree. The players have agreed that um, they started off very mellow and soft to see how everything was receptive, and it got harder and harder as the as the days went on. And you know, I think although minus thirteen is a really really low number for ES Open, I think if you had taken into condition that taken into consideration that the Wind could have been going a lot harder. Mm-hmm. That those numbers would have been a lot, lot, yeah, lot you could lower. Potentially, if the wind was up at least, you know, two of the four days, like you could have maybe at least cut a quarter off of the winning score. You know, taking yeah. away three or four points. Yeah, and, and when the, I say points, I mean strokes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, let's also you could also argue that people would kind of throw a hissy fit because they want to save the integrity of like par 72 or one or 70. But like you could argue that this course is a par 70 or a par 69 just because there's two par fives out there that could very well play as par fours. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it it's, if everyone took driver on 18, everyone's getting there in two. And yeah, it's just a matter of getting the driver and then, and the same thing, the same thing with six, like six, everyone could probably get there in two as well, but you lay back because you're worried about the ocean. And I get that there's risk reward that has to go with that, and I understand it being a par five. But if we took the, if we made both of those par fours, um, you're seeing, you're seeing uh, two extra shots off of everyone's round, so that's eight shots off that. Eight from thirteen is five minus five. Eight from thirteen. Yeah, it's minus five. Yeah. 
So that would be kind of this. That was the same finish finishing score at Shinnecock, right? Brooks won with the minus five. I thought the winning score was over par. At Shinnecock? Yeah. Wasn't it? Can we look it up? Because I feel I, like I, 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 I don't want to be yeah. that wrong about it. Um, one sec. I thought it was like minus three or minus four, maybe minus five. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I honestly thought they did a great job handling the course. I think this was the best way to make sure that um, you're not coddling the pros, but you're at least making sure that you have the tournament um, where you want it. I think they had complete control over it. I think they were able to turn it up when they needed to. Um, and you never know what the forecast was going to do. Some, it could have gotten out of the, out of their hands. And I think you still got the best golf of that week rewarded. And you even heard Brooks say it after the, uh, after the end of the tournament, just saying no one played better golf this week than Gary. And yeah, he won, uh, Brooks won with a plus one. Oh, did he really? So I was that far off. He won with plus one at Shinnecock. Mm-hmm. Damn. At least we didn't have to do a lift clean place on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was way off. Mm. but um, yeah and then so that's a pretty dramatic uh leap down to minus 13 but i mean the year prior at aaron hills brooks won with minus 16 so yeah so so here's the thing is like did you did you enjoy this week any less because of the score um no Would you have, I, I i thought it was fine i don't i don't have any gripes with how the course was set up me neither and i think at the end of the day it was rewarding the right kind of play. It didn't make it a complete bomber's paradise. And I think you had to play it smart to, to do well. You had to play the angles. You had to get yourself in the right position in the fairways. And I think Pebble beach just showcased why it's a world-class golf course. And it's why it's so high on the list for so many. And people like seeing tournaments there so much, especially in conditions like this, it's a phenomenal course with great design and, I had a blast watching it. The uh, the only thing I would have changed is I would have liked to see more shaved edges around the greens. Um, mm-hmm. I think the rough was a bit too long, just and because would stop the balls. Yeah, and so if especially you, when long irons into greens and it, stuff. Yeah, so if you hit a pretty good approach shot and it just kind of slowly rolled its way into the rough, and you only mis misjudged it by a few yards. You know, you got the same result as someone who kind of thinned an iron into this green. It ran way past because the, the rough stops it in the same place just as quick. Yeah, there wasn't as much, you know, it, it was a little too forgiving for the long irons. Yeah, and it's not that it was just too forgiving. It just, you rewarded the same two different quality of shots with the same result to an extent. Mm-hmm. And then the fact of the matter is that every time I turn on the broadcast, I feel like every 10th shot shown around the green was a chip in. Like mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened at Shinnecock. Just all the no. shaved areas and the elevated greens and things rolling down, and just the greens are so small that if you end up in the rough around the green, you're gonna have a chip within 20 feet. And it's just, I I just don't. I feel like if those were shaved areas, you'd have seen a lot higher numbers. And that's not necessarily like the carnage that you want to look for. I just think it would have rewarded better shots. Yeah, I agree. That uh, was my only gripe with the course, though. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is. Uh, what we we talked about it on the pre uh, U.S. Open podcast that uh, the fact of it being shorter and stuff that there would it would bring in more players like into contention, but we really didn't see that. It was a bunch of pretty mo- long hitters for the most part up at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Yeah, to you an know, extent for sure. But I, I it Chez had, was up there, but but it had it had more guys in the mix throughout the week than you would have seen at like Beth Page, like. 
yeah you you we it definitely rewarded uh but i mean at the end of the day it was gary woodland brooks kepka xander john rom chez justin rose adam scott louis 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 is one that but then you look at you know rory and brooks yeah but then there's but those are also just world-class players and then there's lou yeah louis then Stenson, Hadley, Rory, Hovland, Fitzpatrick, Wallace, Danny Willett, Simpson, Molinari. So Danny Willett and Fitzpatrick and Louie and Chez, I know you named off like 15 people there, but yeah. 30% being kind of uh, not as long. Not as long is still pretty good quality. And let's not per- let's not forget that like just because they're long doesn't mean they play bomb and gouge. Like yeah. Gary Woodland doesn't really play bomb and gouge. Like if you watch him during the week, he's very often taking his two iron and stingering it or his driving yeah. iron. Like he plays a pretty conservative game if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. So it kind of made sense that he did maybe, well here. Maybe on that course, I think he's more of a bomber on other courses. No, he just, is. But yeah. I was saying like whenever he's faced with a decision to go for it or kind of just lay back and stinger it and just kind of put it in play, he's often doing that. Yeah. And, uh, I think I think that's a testament to him having that kind of mental resolve and that kind of ability to play conservatively and just hang back and just let his ball striking kind of take care of it from there. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he played A-plus golf. I would only say he got, you know, the winner's bounces like once or twice. Which yeah, he got that lucky break. I don't remember what hole it 14. was, but he blew it out way right and it just sat up. Oh, in yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's a that, that was a different hole. Yeah. Um, but fourteen, the three wood that hit the front of that hill and got the soft bounce, yeah. and then he got a birdie on that hole. That was a pretty lucky bounce, like just to get killed by that upslope of that hill. And then yeah. yeah, I mean that bounce you're talking about, and then what I'm talking about where he got that lucky lie in the rough. Yeah, the should have got, probably been really deep, or any other hole in that course. It would have been ob. Yeah, like. But I mean, that's you know, like we were saying when we were watching it. That's you know, winners they're winners get breaks like that. yeah and like, then that he just happens and and he still did stuff to prove us wrong though like that that chip off of the turf on the green on, on 17, 17 that was really he almost really, made that really good that and the, the then the long putt that he made 18 like made me think like okay he earned this he yeah. really fucking earned this yeah there's really I, nothing to argue with yeah that those the way he was playing 18 was looking like it was going to be like a lackluster finish yeah. like he claimed this with more authority than patrick reed claimed the masters with authority which is kind of the vibe I was getting with Gary at the beginning of this round. It's like he's just going to keep people at arm's distance. He's going to just barely kind of get things worked up. Mm-hmm. He's going to get lucky breaks like when Patrick Reed got his ball stuck in the hillside on 13 and then he hit yeah. the flag stick on 17 when it would have blown past. Like he got some really lucky breaks, whereas Gary Woodlands felt like he, they were lucky breaks, but they weren't to that degree, and he kind of capitalized on it. And then Patrick Reed won by one. Like mm-hmm. he beat Ricky by one. Gary Woodland beat Brooks by three. Yeah. It would have been nice to see Brooks kind of make that birdie on 18 and put some pressure on him to not have to just feel like he had to just three putt. Yeah. I think he would have played the hole differently. He probably wouldn't have laid up as much. I think he probably would have tried to surpass the tree or at least get close. Yeah. That's it's hard to say. Brooks but. in Brooks's middle of his round, just he kind of like fell off for a little bit there. He wasn't striking his irons as well as he But that's also the have. hardest part of the course. Yeah, absolutely. And he did birdie nine, didn't he? He birdied uh nine and then 11 right i can't remember but he birdied one of the hardest holes for sure the one i think rose or uh gary also bogey the hole that he birdied he birdied 11 11 that's it okay he didn't he must have got that i think it was a par save then a good par save yeah but yeah but i mean 
I had a I had a great time watching this major. I really very much enjoyed Pebble Beach, and I think uh, I think we've had two good U.S. Opens back to back. Shinnecock was awesome. This one was great. Um, two very different styles of golf, but I think this very I think this rewarded strategy more so than just grit, like mm-hmm. a lot of U.S. Opens do. You weren't just being punched in the face by conditions. It really made you think your way around the, the golf course. Um, yeah, and they didn't, like, I don't think really any players would complain about the way the course was set up. Yeah, stuff, I mean, you, know? you could argue that it, you could argue that the, the first day was a little, little, little Too conservative. Easy. Yeah, but you gotta, if they're going to have full control over the entire week, they had to take into effect that they could have been wrong about the weather. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the sun barely came out this entire week, like, so, but I, yeah, I, I'm very much ranking this as probably my f- favorite conditions as far as courses are concerned this mm-hmm. year for majors. Like Augusta played pretty soft and wet and then Beth Page was Beth Page. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, Beth Page was almost like the U.S. Open. Like this yeah, was kind of like the PGA and Beth Page was kind of like the U.S. Open. It's almost like in their like template format of yeah. like how you expect them to be. But like that's also because you brought up last pod that like you kind of think of U.S. Opens as these like long tests, mm-hmm. which isn't always the case. But I I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Um, we gotta talk about the low am though. The boy, Hovland, the boy yeah, Hovland. he did great. Speaking or beating Jack's record as the yeah the lowest but it also comes with the fact that it was it was playing pretty low. Yeah. Like, and you know Jack only had one attempt at doing it like as an am and all and they yeah. all do but I think Vic, Victor kind of got a good lucky break on the the year he was going to be doing it but yeah and it was also the same course that he won the USAM on I don't know if that's always the case for this I don't think it is I think because no, they didn't have the USAM last year at Chinnacock I don't think or the year before that so um that's cool for him to kind of get that prep in the conditions weren't even close to the same but. He's become quite the uh, quite the golfer. He's gonna he's gonna be very successful in the pros, I would think. Yeah, I think he's gonna do well. Um, you know, we'll just have to see. You know, and I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying like that. You know, it, you never know. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of guys that you know look like they're gonna be good coming out of college. And yeah, just but kinda... I would I would cut him from the same cloth as guys like, you know, like at least like a Patrick Cantlay, but. I mean, I don't want to get too like ambitious with it, but mm-hmm. like I would put him up there with a JT. I could see him getting a major in his first four years on tour. Yeah, I mean the way he performed this week, there's. I mean, no he got T twelve. There's no reason to think he, you know, isn't going to have a shot in some majors yeah. in the future. But I don't know. I mean, it it's another just strong showing for Brooks at a major, though. Uh, yeah, let's let's just recap this year. He got T second at the Masters. He won the PGA. Wait, Dustin got. T second, I thought. T second means you tie for a second. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> you got T second yeah. at the Masters. He got first at he Beth got first Page. at Beth Page, and then he got solo second here. So this is still a remarkable year for Kepka. Yeah, like not to mention the other majors he won the previous yeah. year. The the better question is though, uh, I think Cooch finished T fifteen or maybe T nineteen, and you know, does he still have a stranglehold on the top of the FedEx Cup points rankings? Because I have no idea, bro. <laughs> That's the really that's the that's the real test. That's the real test right there. Who gets the Wyndham report rewards points, guys? Who gets the five million at the end of the regular season? That's I mean, the it, real it, question. I, I mean, 
there is an argument to be made. Like I've heard players say, like that is the hardest thing to do is win the FedEx Cup because you know you have to have a consistent entire consistent no year, I, like, it's not meant to disparage cooch yeah. like he's been having a phenomenal season he's had his ups and downs in like the public eye mm-hmm. but he's been playing phenomenal golf and he played great this week and you know you couldn't make an argument that he was a great pick for this just the way his game was suited for it mm-hmm. um and, and he yeah do he, awful. He, but the thing is is that you would just think a guy who's made he's been in the top two like points wise in every major so far like you think that guy's like oh yeah he should be leading by like head and shoulders but it goes to a testament that he doesn't play that many off he doesn't play many events outside of majors and he doesn't give a fuck about other events so it's like are you talking about brooks or cooch so brooks okay you were i think you said cooch i transitioned in the middle of the thing um but so like it comes back to the thing is like who who's having a more impressive season like brooks or cooch no i just mean like like yes that's how i'm prefacing it prefacing it but i mean like it's coming back to the conversation that we had in the last pod, but like, do, do we give a shit about normal tour events? Because like, yeah, Brooks is having an unbelievable year, but like all he's doing is prepping for majors. And you could say the same thing, same thing about tiger and he hasn't had the same success, but yeah. like I, it's, it's, it should, you should give some credit to somebody who's grind, putting themselves out there every other week and like trying to get shit done on the regular tour too. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about consistency on tour. Like, I I absolutely think there's something there. I mean, but, guy, a guy from, like, the spokes leader for the Ricky camp, he's got you, you yeah, to be down with consistency. I am. I absolutely am. But uh, if to answer that question, who's having a more impressive year, I would say Brooks is. I think everybody would, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if you get a major, you are you had a better season than everybody else because yeah. they're, they're coveted. Um, and then the fact that you were T-second and solo second on the other two so far. Yeah. I mean, how do we how do we think him and Port Rush? Have you taken a look at the that course yet? I haven't had a chance to really look at it or anything. It's going to be a lot of driving irons for him. Yeah, but it just depends on what the weather does. Uh, I think out of all the majors that the British Open or the Open, whatever you want to say, is probably the least suited to suited his game for Brooks. But I it's, would still say he could go and win one. Like I wouldn't hold it. Oh well, yeah, I mean he's a he's a he's a and then he came up on the European tour as well. So I yeah, know but, I mean they didn't play that much links golf on the European tour. Either way, he he's got some experience, but more over than there. the PGA does for sure. Um, yeah, I I I don't think you can count him out of any possible major situation because at the end of the day, like yeah, if they're just playing a normal European tour event on links course, he probably wouldn't do the best in the world, but. Mm-hmm. He does take it more seriously for a major, whether that's a detriment to his character or something cool is to be said. But um, yeah, I think we'll likely see his worst performance at that of the four majors because he would have to do second or better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I uh, I think it's going to be somewhat uh, like, I, I don't know. Port Rush is going to be interesting because a lot of players, you know, haven't really played the course like. Yeah, probably less than I bet you less than ninety. I bet you more than eighty percent have not played the course. Yeah, and more I than ninety percent. I think it's going to be really suited towards you know those European players that are used to links golf and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, like someone like the fucking mole, you know. I mean, he did he, win the last Open. He so. did, but uh, I, I'm not saying the mole's going to win it, but someone like that, you know, that or like Fleetwood. Well, I mean, what about Graham McDowell? He's from the area. He's, he's been having, trending he's, well. Yeah. He's been playing good golf i don't think he's gonna do it but you know that's an, a good example of someone could he make could. a t like but a, i mean maybe a t10 is reasonable for him and sure i mean i don't think it's out of 
you know. I mean, that would be quite the storyline for him, and the hometown's going to be pulling hard for him. Absolutely. Him and Rory both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Fort Rush. That, uh, that's going to be interesting. I, that's probably the hardest one to call. Yeah. You know. I mean, should we uh, should we talk about the elephant in the room? Um, I'm not sure what the elephant in the room is. Your boy Ricky. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah, we can. What do you want to talk about? How he fucking collapsed? Well, we can talk about the positives first. Is he really? He played his ass off Thursday. He yeah. definitely did. He like, was after Thursday. He was in. He was looking like he was going to make a good showing it this week. So like Justin Rose had the best day Thursday, but Ricky I think played the best golf thursday he played the most textbook tactician center of the like hitting the greens the way you need to getting the right approaches he was always two putting or getting a putt in there you know justin rose had 22 putts he was band-aiding it together with his ball striking like he just he put his ass off yeah and he was able to make that work for the first three days but you could start to see justin rose kind of fall apart the last day like you start to see the breaks not go his way Mm -hmm. like they were the previous three days and it was only a matter of time yeah but uh Honestly, the only round I really got to watch from Ricky was on Thursday because he played in the afternoons and I was at work yeah. on Friday and Saturday night. So I didn't really get to see his bad round, so I can't really say much for it. And I think that might be why he played bad because I wasn't watching. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been it. Yeah. <laughs> but... No, in all all reality, I I you know I was super bummed. I couldn't believe he shot six over on Friday. Like, but it is what it is. I've got one more chance before I have to fork out. What do we bet? A hundred dollars? Yeah, it was a two to one. So you'd give me fifty if and he doesn't he, do oh, it, yeah, and I'll yeah. give you a hundred if he. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I need him to win at Port Rush. Yep. So he's got one major left, and mm-hmm. honestly, but he's. He, can, he, he has could, the game uh, to do it. Yeah, he I just mean, needs to I think get his game together. I, I think his first major would be a Masters or a Open, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think I think yeah, he can obvious. He obviously can has a chance to win at the Masters. He's proven that, and then you know he plays he plays better when the conditions are hard. Like he's also just a great in, player in, in wind. the wind. Yeah. yeah, he's a great player in the wind. He's really good at flight in the ball. And I fucking think, throw rain in there too. Like yeah, I think he's he, the like, rain. I mean, he won ad, the waste management in pouring rain. Yeah, like adversity. I think like whenever other players like are fucking getting annoyed and stuff. Like yeah, oh, he's got sh- great resolve. Yeah, but the thing is, is he doesn't. I don't think he has that highest level to like make his mentality the thing that gets him the win. It just keeps him from losing. That's like the way I look at Ricky. Like he's great at staying calm, but he isn't like have that like fiery passion on the inside like speed does to like grind out an open win and he did it royal uh burkdale burkdale yeah was it burkdale yeah yeah so like speece will to like will putts in like him and tiger both would do that like it was like their drive and their mentality and their passion that like got them those wins you just don't see ricky doing that like he's got to coast into a win yeah, maybe 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 a switch will go off i don't know I, i'm always pulling for the dude but uh yeah, we we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be rooting for him, but uh, I don't know. I I I like to think he does, but yeah, I don't. I think you're right where he doesn't have like, like you could visibly see like how like angry Brooks was with himself that he didn't make it happen on the 18th green. You know, yeah. Like if that was Ricky, he probably would would have just like been like, oh whatever. Uh, next time I'll get I'll get a shot. Yeah. I mean, but does he start to show more and more frustration as he gets older? 
I, I'm, that may be a possibility. He's like, I'm running out of time. Or and like, you know. there's not much precedence to people get doing in their later ages. Like, Phil's the only really person that you Sergio. can think of. Yeah, I mean, if you only want him to get one, like, I, I would, I would let uh, let's just start with one. Like, yeah, but know. I, I think, I think, I think Sergio a, was so mentally exhausted up until that point that like. Once you saw him get that major, he was he's been coasting since. Like, or he's yeah. just been like he was done. Well, that, that was, was the last, that was notch last on his belt. Yeah, like, he that was, was like, a la- I got my major. Like my career. is But I set. think like, I I think I speak for everybody that like we don't want Ricky to be done after his no, major. No, I know? don't either. I just would like to see that first one come. Yeah. You know. But you want it to be more of a Phil trajectory than like a Sergio trajectory. Yeah. Where he gets it started, I think Phil's first major was, was when he was like thirty three. Later or. Er, Sergio later age. Yeah, he was majors. older than Phil. When. And then I mean we can say Tiger too, like he just won one like you can win majors later on in your career for sure, but obviously if you want him to start rattling off some, he needs to get it going soon, but Yeah. I mean Yeah, I uh I think I I just go back to the thing like I think Rich, Ricky should win a major. Everything points to that he will, but there's something that I'm not seeing that's causing him not to because at this point there's no reason for him like you can't just say like they're not breaking his way because he's had so many top fives and he's had so many seconds and stuff like that something is preventing him at the last second in in particular just for this year like i think after waste management like a couple you know after that like his game just like from what i've been seeing like his game just doesn't seem like it's fully there yeah but uh Maybe he'll find, hopefully, find something going into the open, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So, can we talk Fox for a minute? What the broadcast? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to say for the first couple days, I think they did phenomenally. I think they got coverage early. They covered us from like the get go. It was easy to watch, easy to get a hold of the streams. Mm-hmm. The the announcing was great. Shout out Shane Bacon. Um. The, the Shane Bacon facts and pair, like pairing on broadcasting was fantastic. I thought they have great chemistry. It was great listening to them. I, w- I mean, Fox, if you're listening, we need more brownie points. I love when brownie points happen on the holes. Those are fantastic. Um, but I think they did phenomenally the first couple of days. I think they did a great job transitioning from the U.S. Open app and featured groups and stuff like that into FS1 pretty early. And then mm-hmm. FS1 up until six o'clock in primetime golf, which is awesome. Primetime golf is awesome. Um, it seemed like once it got to network television, you started seeing a lot of commercials. And like, if you're, if the point of the broadcast is to get more people seeing golf and getting interested in golf, I think all the interesting things that you guys were doing during the featured groups and the FS one broadcast went away with the network broadcast. Like you guys stopped kind of digging into the course talking about the stories of the players you started just talking about historical significance of the u.s open which i get on like a broad spectrum but it doesn't really ground you in today and i think they could have done a lot more about kepka i think they could have done a lot more about the current course and what they're how, how people were coming into form for it and on a story level telling uh perspective on it i think they did a a mediocre job but i think as far as coverage was concerned they did a great thursday friday and portion of saturday but today was awful yeah they started coverage late like super late phil was through almost nine holes and then they showed barely any golf yeah i i i I was really happy with thursday and friday like 
thought whenever the coverage was on FS1, it was great coverage. Yeah. Um, but I honestly didn't get to watch the yeah. the normal Fox coverage until today, like on right, you know, nationwide. Yeah. Fox. Yeah, it was it was rough to watch, and then you know today was terrible in the sense that you were lucky to get the same number of shots as commercials. Yeah. And like a period of time, because more often than not, you'd watch three or four shots, and you'd watch six to nine commercials, and a lot of them were like tap in par putts or something like oh, that. Oh, awful. The yeah. amount of the amount of full shots we got to watch today, I bet you was less than 40. I bet we I bet you we watched around 40 or less full shots from players at Pebble Beach that's all about second shots. These greens are tiny. Who the fuck wants to watch putts? Yeah, and then the the majority of the putts on 18 were like tap in pars. And they were just from to the kind exact, of sign people the exact off same angle too. Yeah. Just that little, they phoned that it in, in. Yeah. they phoned it in. And yeah. that was sad because they're usually so good. Like Fox yeah. is, I mean, I, I think Fox has done the best job is for coverage this year for majors. I, I agree still. TNT it was just was a garbage. Sou- it was a sour ending. Yeah. Like the amount of time that we, we only saw full shots from Brooks, Rose and Gary coming in, which I understand because those were the three horsemen trying to finish it. We saw one full shot from Chez, which was solid on 17. Yeah. God damn, that was a and good shot. And that's pretty hilarious considering him and Brooks were in the same pairing. Like you saw one shot. From yeah. The guy. And it's like, and then we saw a bunch of 18. Like 18 is the best closing hole in golf, in competitive golf at least. And you didn't see a single full shot from any of those people that were coming in. Xander had an opportunity to post a number going into the clubhouse that could have been something if, you know, if they collapsed, we didn't get to see his tee shot or his approach shot. Like, there wasn't a single approach shot we got to watch coming in besides those last three guys. We didn't get to see Chess's in either. I think a lot of that probably has to do with the commercials. But they, the, the last two hours or whatever their broadcast was commercial free. It was not the, last the last hour. Yeah, like the last like hour 40 of 40 minutes, maybe. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is making room for commercials, and then they don't want to go back to like way long time ago to show you a shot, like a shot, like. But. Yeah, I get it, but I think during that commercial-free stint of it, they still had three groups come in before those last yeah. two, and they could have shown those at least. And I know you're not trying to like bat for Fox or anything, and I agree that they were the best coverage out of the majors so far. But mm-hmm. I mean, we can throw TNT out immediately. They were well, I think abysmal. Uh, the days that ESPN gets it, they do a good job. For the Masters? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they do pretty they good. They could start it earlier. Yeah, for sure. But I think ESPN But does the a Masters good job. was also easy because they also had their app where you could watch any fucking shot you wanted. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I respect Fox. And a shout out to their Top Tracer technology or their Lexus Tracer, whatever they want to call it. Um, it was it was phenomenal. I think it did a way better job than whatever top trace or whatever that they used. You could actually tell that it was it was charting the ball. The yeah, you could you could see that it wasn't just a geometric shape that was computer generated from an algorithm from like launch angle and height and speed and stuff like that. It, you could actually see it tracing it in the wind and it, it having an effect from the wind. And then that it wasn't static; it was dynamic. They could like raise the camera as as it was going and zoom in, mm-hmm. like the 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 Lexus tracer on. The number on number six, that par five, was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It like raised above them and zoomed in as it as it followed it. That was sweet. The drone stuff was awesome. I get that you can only do it at Pebble because of liability reasons. Yeah, but that was cool to see. 
Um, they definitely went above and beyond trying to get you a closer look at things. They had more hot mics. Uh, we've got to talk about the uh, the Greller Spieth kind of exchange. I didn't see that. Whenever you said Jordan was being a dick, um, I mean, it could have just been kind of like one of those like unlucky moments to kind of catch it. I mean, Spieth has a history of kind of chirping Greller a lot, and just coming from a guy who for a long time, and I I, I love Spieth, I love Greller, I love that duo, and. But Spieth has a history of kind of chirping Greller a lot about mm-hmm. stuff. And, he, at, you know, at least in the past, he's had a lot of like, we couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. We achieved mm-hmm. this. You know, it's a great team effort. It, it, it was kind of like a snide, like, I hit two perfect shots, Greller. The first one got me in the water. The second one went over the green. It's like, I get it. It's only as much responsibility and authority that you give to your caddy that he must take on a certain amount of liability and accountability for it. But it just it wasn't a good look. Yeah. But that I mean that's bound to happen if it's a, always a kind of a vocal exchange with him. Mm-hmm. But you know it's how about uh, G Mac on Thursday whenever he hit that thin wedge? He's like, I hit it skinny and shitty. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I brought that up in the group chat too. I was like, he has some great one-liners though. Just yeah. like that kind of Northern Irish kind of attitude is awesome and. Speaking of other Northern Irishmen, I mean, I, you even picked him, Rory. Um, mm-hmm. He played solid golf. This is the best U.S. Open finish he's had in a while, which yeah. is a good sign. And he hasn't exactly like, I think he may have just narrowly missed the top 10 or maybe he got a T9. I would have to look it up. But, you know, he got a T10 at, a, at the Masters, I think. And uh, now, I think we were talking about that. He didn't. He didn't get a T ten. He. I think he finished down further. I think it was sixteen, because we talked about that last podcast, and I looked it up afterwards. I think it was something like sixteen or something. Okay. But so he didn't finish awfully. Yeah. Um. There's a there's a chance uh that he may have finished a little bit better than I had thought at the PGA as well. I don't know. How, I know he barely missed made the cut at the PGA, but he may have bounced back and rallied. I'd like to see yeah, what he, he I, I think you're right about that. Did he, I would want to see that too. I don't have any ability to look it up, but I think he may have, I I'm pretty sure he had a top 10 this year. That wasn't this one. So whether it was the PGA or the masters, um, I could have misremembered for the last podcast, but you know, I think he's still been playing the best golf consistently this year i think if you even if you take into account kuchar and brooks and how they've both been playing well long form or just in majors i think rory has uh really stepped up and continued to play phenomenal golf throughout the entirety of the year he's got had a couple weeks where he's on and off but you know he has uh he has two two wins this season one uh one almost major with the players and the canadian open which is also a, a pretty sweet event and you know he's had tons of top fives and some strong yeah, finishes. Yeah, he's playing like, great golf. It's just we have such high expectations for him that mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of be like, oh, he should have won that, or he should have done this. And I think a lot of it, like people just expect him to win the Masters, and when he doesn't do that, people are like, man, Rory's really sucking. Like, but we you put, know? but that's so weird because we put so much more pressure on him to win the Masters than we do for Phil to win the U.S. Open or Speed to win the PGA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think. He he's he's held to a higher standard than I think anybody else out there. Him sure. and Tiger potentially. I, I I mean I just think that 
that people do that. Like he d- he doesn't win the Masters, so like man, Roy's sucking. Like he he's not having a good year. He, he isn't playing as good as he should. But he you know he has two wins this year. Like he's probably playing the best t- statistical golf than anyone. I think he still has the highest strokes gained against the field even after this week because he had it before this week, and that that didn't change by much. He still was beating ninety percent, ninety five percent of the field this week. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. So I, this is kind of. I'm gonna go go to our, our people we picked, and I'm not sure how to uh, break down who had the best picks right now. But so Jimmy Just, picked Brooks, Adam Scott, and Barnrat. So Brooks obviously got second. Adam Scott got seventh, and Barnrat missed the cut. So he yeah. was good with Brooks and Adam Scott. You know, those are both know top what, ten. Do you know finishes. what Barnrat's score was when he missed the cut? Uh, I can I can look, and like how far down he was. Like it's he finished plus seven, so he missed the cut by a lot, five strokes. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and then but all of our guys made made the cut. You obviously had Brooks as well, who finished second. Then you had Keimer, who was thirty five, and then you had Duffner, who was also thirty five. Damn, Duff kind of came in shaky then, huh? Yeah. Damn. And then I had Rory, who finished ninth. Then I had Kisner, who was 49th, who, besides Barnrat, was the worst. But then I had Chez, who got third. So, sorry, say you had... I had Rory in ninth, Kisner in 49th, and Chez in third. And then you had Brooks so does, in so second. Does, Jimmy's out of it. So add add mine and yours together. Like, add the sums of ours. Okay. Uh, Just pull it. Yeah, use a calculator on your phone if you have it. <clears throat> So mine was 35, Jimmy, 35. Jimmy which, has so mine was second, 72. Mine, sec- was, mine was 72. 35, par. 35, 72. Yeah. You had 72. Mine I made an even par. <laughs> was, uh, let's do this, 49 plus 3 plus 9. I think you 61. beat me. Yeah, you won. You did the best. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, if Jimmy picked some, Jimmy would have, he had a seventh and Jimmy a second. Was, Jimmy's wasn't even fair, though, because he chose Adam Scott like as yeah, his middle. Yeah, it wasn't really a mid. Yeah. So you definitely got away with the most there. I mean, dude, ball. I mean, the balls on you to go with Chez. Though. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> it, you, it, it paid off. Yeah, I just had a feeling. I remember seeing him play well at Pebble Beach in the past, and I was like, Chez is a low baller. I mean, if Ted Potter Jr. was in the field, he would have won. <laughs> but I, re- I mean, I don't. I'm not a really big big fan of Chez. I don't re- rarely think about him, but you know. So. I kind of want to have like a separate podcast about just this topic, but we could kind of just take kind of like a first glance at it. Um, I think you could kind of make an argument that there's kind of three top tiers in golf right now. There's um, kind of one, which is Tiger, obviously, who's still active. The people that are still out there on tour right now. And there's kind of one A, which is Phil, but you could still say he, him, and Tiger are like in this top tier, um, as far as careers go. Well, and and that so you're talking about as far as careers, yeah, careers. And you would, I would then say probably the next level is Rory, Brooks, and Spieth. Does that sound reasonable? They both have four majors, and Spieth only has three. I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, but you could make the argument that Rory has a better career than Brooks right now because he has way more PGA Tour wins and he has a players. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to group those three together. Sure, and then I, be- I and agree. then below that you have like the dual major winners. You have 
you have the Bubba's, you have the Zach Johnson's, the Martin Keimer's, the, you know, this, I don't know how many distant, I don't even know how many distance even have a major. I don't yeah. Know. He won against Phil. No, at, Phil beat him. Didn't he? No. Oh, Stenson. At the open Stenson beat Phil uh, like a couple years back at St. Andrews, right? No, it wasn't St. Andrews. Is it uh, Muirfield maybe? No, it was the British open. Anyway. Remember when they both ran away from the field? field yeah, and- yeah, but I'm okay. I don't know why I can't remember which one that was. <laughs> it was at St. Andrews. Literally, both of them ran away from they, the field. Zach Johnson won to open at the at St. Andrews that Spieth got second at, and Leishman went to a playoff with Louie and him. And that was not, I think the year before was, I can literally was look. Stenson and Phil. We should know this. We're, we have a golf podcast. We should know who won that. Did Stenson win it? I thought Phil won it. Why do I not know this? It's so weird. This is such an easy like trivia question that you're like, how am I forgetting this? That, that fucking blows my mind. Um. Anyway, so to kind of, while you look that up, we get back on base. So like, yeah, the second two majors guys and like you know a slew of wins um are kind of on their tier and then you could probably throw in guys that have made a bunch of tour wins that may not have just a single major or a few majors could probably get lumped in with that third tier but arguably right now in that second tier i think it's pretty firmly spieth rory and brooks and right now who do you who would you put your money on the long term that you think is going to continue to have like the most promising career. Cause right now, like between R- Rory Brooks and Jordan. Yeah. Like right now, like who is equipped to kind of have the best career going forward. If you'd like put your money down on, on one of those guys. Cause right now speed is clearly very lost in the woods. Like he has glimpses of, you know, promise and he could pull something off, but he, he has a lot. So to it was still- that Royal Troon. It was Stenson and Mickelson. Stenson won with uh, minus 20, and Phil was minus 17. The next closest person was J.B. Holmes at minus 6. Yeah, I mean, my bad for not knowing that. <laughs> I feel fucking terrible for it not knowing that. I can't believe I fucking – I just miss around. I'm like, come on, Phil, you got this, boy. And then – Yeah, they were in a like, duel just by themselves. It was pretty much match play. Yeah. Yeah, but kind of looking at that right now, th- I was completely off about the St. Andrews thing. Yeah, but for some reason I remembered. It I don't know why St. I thought. Andrews. Um, but those are, I want to have like a full kind of conversation about those three guys, but they all share very similar kind of um uh, career achievements, but they all do it in very different ways. So mm-hmm. like all of their games are pretty different. Um. And you, you're, you were asking who who you think is going to have a better career and by the end of it, end of it or what what were what yeah. were you asking? Yeah, I was asking like who do we think it, at the end of the day, let's say 10, 10 years, fifteen years down the line, who's going to be the guy they're like, man, they they really have set themselves apart. They've really gone into they've joined Tiger and Phil in that top that next tier. I mean, I think over the years it's changed between each of them like right originally it was like rory is and, and then, then it was, was gonna speed and, and now it it's kind of like brooks so i don't know so, it's but really like who's gonna be able to the longe- longevity but this is thing. a perfect indicator is that like 
Brooks is very similarly going through what Spieth went through. I get that he's achieved technically more in majors than Spieth, but Spieth in 2015 won the Masters, won the U.S. Open, got second at the Open, and got second at the PGA. Very similar to Brooks, you know, winning the U.S. Open, kind of not achieving as much in the Open in the in the British Open, and then winning the PGA, getting second at the Masters, winning the PGA. Yeah, but Brooks then, has kind of spanned over three years now. Because yeah, but his, 2017, he didn't really do much of the majors besides the U.S. Open. But he still won that, and then he won two majors. Or yeah, he won two majors, and then and then and then, and, won one and then this the PGA. Year. Yeah. So it's if we just kind of take, if we take those three in succession, it's very similar to what Spieth did, and Rory is almost even closer of a comparison to Brooks because Rory has four and also had two in succession in the same year. So they but all have neither, done that. E, neither but, of them have done back-to-back like Brooks. Right. I mean, you can find idiosyncrasies. I mean, Spieth had a better scoring to par than Brooks in I that year. I still think the back-to-back, there's something to be said about winning them back-to-back. Would would have, I mean... Because you rarely, even in regular tournaments, do you see the defending champ I agree. Like, no one else had, had has held back-to-back titles for the U.S. Open PGA in the history of golf. Like, that's a yeah. unique achievement. Um, so just major, just in the stretch of majors, I think what Brooks has achieved is better than what they've achieved in majors. But I can also say that Spieth has four more years to catch up to that. He has four more years to play with before they get to his, he gets to their ages. Mm -hmm. So he has the luxury of time in that aspect. And then let's also now reflect on PJ tour wins or just tour wins in general. Like, well, Rory has both of them beat in that. Yeah, but not by much. Spieth has what? 11. He's got, Uh, he's got a lot. I'm not sure. So that's why I want another podcast about this so we can kind of dive in depth because i think this is a very interesting conversation because i think you we're going to uniquely have we kind of had this discussion what about dustin johnson like yeah he doesn't have the majors but he has 20 tour wins in one major yeah it's a great it's a great argument to have you know so before brooks kind of stampede onto the scene here there was a lot of talk about who the three the big three the new big three were going to be Mm because there was jack arnie and gary um, and then you had this conversation about, well, is it, is it Rory, Jason Day, and Spieth, or is it DJ, Rory, and J Day, or is it like, who are these, who are these big three that we're going to be talking about? Like, who is going to be carrying the sport, fo- the sport forward for the next generation? Because they were sure that ja- that Tiger wasn't coming back, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, it had been three years since Phil, Phil had won a had a, won a tour event, mm-hmm. so they're like, who is going to carry the torch going forward? And I think we could probably have that conversation again for the big stage, because mm-hmm. um, you know DJ's is getting older. I don't know he's going to have that many more attempts at. Um, I mean, DJ's like thirty-one, right? No, he's older than that. He's probably thirty-four. Let's yeah, look that up know. too, because he's been on the tour for a long time. Um, Twenty years. Yeah, I, I, he's gotten a, or no, it's like I think it's like sixteen or. Maybe like seventeen. Uh, no, years. like ten years or eleven years. I know he's gotten a he, win on tour. Yeah, he's had I think thirteen years of successive wins a year. Um, but I I think he's mid thirties. Thirty four. You yeah. nailed it on the head. Yeah. So he's got. He's got probably four more years of like, powerhouse DJ. I would think right like. Hitting it the way that he's he does. Thirty-four, I'd say he stays t- in good shape. Maybe, yeah, maybe four 30. or five years. Yeah, until he starts maybe falling off because due Phil, to age. Because like, like Phil, he's still bombing it now, but he's not bombing it straight, which is what <laughs> DJ does. Yeah, and then 
but Phil's all he straight he gains all of his strokes with the creativity that he has with his approach game and his short game. Yeah, he's been terrible putting this season. But like, I think DJ's underrated with his short game, honestly. But yeah, but we're me. saying that his great his greatest strengths gained is his driver. Oh, absolutely. So like, he's got maybe four more years of that being his biggest weapon. Um, so I think he's not. I don't think you can put him in the the same conversation because Spieth is, you know, ten year like is nine eight years younger than him and he has more than half the number of wins that dj has on tour so like and then rory has more than that rory has i don't know how many wins rory has he has a lot 17 i think yeah something like that on tour yeah and then he he, i think he has some european tour wins as well brooks does too though i think he has one or two european tour Mm -hmm. wins um so i think that's i think if you had to pick a big three now I think those are them. You think Jordan's in it, even with where his game is right now? I mean, he hasn't I won since hear, two I years hear, ago. I want to hear an argument for someone else. Like, I, if you I had don't, a bet going forward for the next 10 years. I, w- I would put for the next 10 years. <clears throat> yeah, who is a big three that's carrying this game for 10 more years? I don't know. I, Maybe I, somebody else who hasn't come out yet. Yeah, but. I mean, my head immediately went to Matthew Wolf, but that has like, there's so much yeah, that has yeah, to be said. Yeah, well, there's so or much that's done. Been, yeah, you know. But uh, <clears throat> all right, five. Let's say five years. I think then you can Who? put DJ back in it for sure. Do you think DJ gets two or three more majors in five years? I don't know, but I think he's going to keep rattling off at least a win a year, but and he's going to be in contention all the time. Just I don't like think he it, is. I don't think a win a year is enough though. Yeah, to be in the just three. always in Kevin Nas gotten a win a year the last two years. Yeah, but DJ's gotten a win every year since he's been on tour. If not more than one win. I like no, the I, last couple years he's gotten like two to four wins I, each year. I, I get it. And I get and a lot so a lot of them are WGCs. Well, I mean, those are limited fields and they're, But they're still I put more into a WGC than a regular tour win. I don't. I don't at all. Everyone's yeah, coasting into those. It's easy money. People aren't trying as hard. They're going to be in some weird course that's easy in in fucking China, or they play a Muni in Mexico. Like those aren't those aren't like extremely tough. And then, uh, as much as we love Austin, it's still match play. Like not the best golfer gets reward necessarily. Like you can skate by with easy easy matches and I like, mean the let's the winners in that match play have been Kisner, Bubba, DJ and Jason Day. Yeah. I mean Jason Day and DJ are both pretty big big they, hitters. They were the they were the they were the best golfers at the time that won yeah. those. They were definitely the best golfers yeah. at the time that won those. I would make a strong argument that Bubba was not the best golfer <laughs> no, when he, he won it and neither was Kisner. But yeah. It's a more of a crapshoot. Kisner, I think Kisner's a great match play golfer. I agree. Uh, I think Bubba just felt hot coming off of the win. Like I think ACC is also a course that he does do pretty good at. Like speaking about Bubba, yeah, yeah. I, I just think <sighs> that year Bubba won. Uh, he came off that win at Riviera. Yeah, and uh, I think he was just feeling good after that, after that win, so that helped him out a lot. But uh, I don't know. Just I, I would put DJ in in that if it's the next five years. Um, I just don't, I don't know about Jordan. I really don't. I want to say Jordan, but it's it, it is it, yeah. I I want to say Jordan. 
I, and I think he has it. He I just think he to... has the ability to come out of whatever he's dealing with. I, I grant it's been taking longer than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have to appreciate that you've seen these flares of his putting coming back. That's what about, things. I know, I know he hasn't really doesn't have the accolades or the achievements on tour necessarily, but, and I know you're a huge fan of him, but Shoffley, like he, like he's shown up in majors and like plays really well. I'm not saying he's def- like in the conversation right now, but like a year out from now, like I, he could. I think of him the same way I do Justin Thomas right now. Yeah. JT has a major win. He's got more wins than Shoffley does like re- regular tour event wins. Mm-hmm. But I think they both have the same kind of like ability to, to, uh, they have the same potential. I think, uh, I think, I think JT has more passion and heart and grit in the sense of like Shoffley has a very similar demeanor as, uh, as Ricky. And I think at a certain point that gives you consistency and it's going to make you money in the long run. But I, I don't know if Shoffley has that same passion and fire that's going to lead JT to get... Because at the end of the day, I think JT is going to have between four and four and six majors. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about JT. Uh, I, I honestly think... That I, I, like, I like Xander more than JT, so maybe I'm biased in that regard, but... I think that Xander will have a better career than JT. I mean, last year you were saying that JT was going to have more majors than Spieth when we had Fantasy League. Like it's, it's when you, did I said that. Yeah, but my point is, is that like we look of people in recency bias. Like, yeah. I I think zooming out and looking at JT's came off of an injury, and like, if you look at the past three years for JT, he just hasn't made it happen on major days, which takes away from what he's done. But like, he still has made the last three years he's gotten a win a year or more. I think there was years where he, I mean, he was making, I think 2016 he had 2016. He had two wins. 2017. He had three or four wins. 2018. He had three wins. And this year he's come close. Did he win this year? I don't even know if he's won this year. JT. Yeah. No. And, uh, he got his wrist injury at, after the masters or at the masters or something like that. He took like five weeks off. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe JT won at the beginning of the year. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Wa- I'm thinking of Shoffley, I think, winning in Hawaii. Yeah, so Shoffley won Kapalua. Um, I think someone random kind of won Sony. Um, and then Adam Long won uh, the first California event. Justin Rose won Tory Pines. Uh, Ricky won Waste Management. Um who the fuck won Pebble? Who Phil won Pebble, and then Honda went to uh, Keith Mitchell. Did he win Honda? Keith Mitchell. Yeah. Paul Casey won Valspar. Molinari won Bay Hill. Rory won Players. Um. Kisner won Match Play. Um. Uh, DJ won Mexico. Tiger Masters, I, yeah, JT didn't win this year. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I I guess you really just have to say fucking. Shoffley has three wins, right? JT has nine or ten. JT has nine wins and a major. 
Yeah. Um, is the major part of that nine, or is it is part of the win? nine? Okay. And Shoffley has three wins. He has China, Kapalua. JT and, has. Or one. no, no, he has four wins because Xander won twice his rookie season, and he won the Tour Championship, and then he won China and Kapalua. So he has four wins. JT has one major, one WGC, one FedEx Cup event, and four PGA Tour events, or six PGA Tour events rather. Yeah. So I kind of think of, I think of JT and Xander kind of on similar trajectories. I think they're, I think they're a step ahead of the guys that like, uh, that do well on tour that get like, I think of them as higher than, um, like a Bryson. Like I think Bryson's below those two guys, even though Bryson has the same number of tour wins or more than Shoffley. I just think Shoffley's geared to be a better player than him. Let's just say in the, the, you know, the big three or whatever you want to say. Rory's in there. Yeah. I think we can both agree on Without that. Without a doubt. Yes. And that's the only for sure one, I think. I don't know if Brooks can maintain what he's doing for, for five years. Yeah. I, even though I said he was going to get nine to ten majors over his career, and I still think he is, but he's just not going to rack up regular tour event wins. Yeah, unless he changes something mentally. Yeah, which I don't think he is. I don't think he. No, cares I think about he's pretty. Him. I think he's pretty happy with where he's at. Yeah, like, I think he's. I think he likes like that that persona. Like I'm the guy that wins the majors. Like yeah, you know. So I mean, you could put Brooks in there. I don't know how long that's going to last. I think I think you're on the right track with Jordan. It's just a matter of if he's going to f- get out of the slump he's in, which I think he will. But how long is that going to take? I mean, and even if it I'm takes looking m- at the the world golf rankings right now, and there really isn't a lot of names that you can put up for, like, the big three, you know, There's that not. are young. Yeah, I mean, you. It's c- like Rory, and then there's, it, it, there's I mean, there's Brooks, DJ, Rory. The funny then there thing goes is he- Justin Thomas, Cantlay, Bryson, Shoffley. Jason Day, I guess. Ricky. Rom. I mean, Jason Day's not. Jason Day's not that old. He's less than he's he's your age. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, uh, they're just he's kind of riddled with injuries, but yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what these younger guys, what what Hovland and Wolf do, because I do think they're at a caliber coming out of college is that similar to what Spieth and JT and Cantley were doing. Um, I think it's too early because he's still kind of on his way back to say Cantley is in that, that tier. Like he's, yeah. had, he's had two wins um, coming back in the last two or three years. Um, I think if you're going to make, if there's a clear dividing line for the big three being uh, Brooks, Rory and Spieth right now, then I think the people that are kind of hanging out right below them looking for entrance into that category are, you know, JT, Ricky, um, I Bryson. Think, um, I think at this very Shoffley. moment in time, it's Brooke, du- Brooks, Dustin, and Rory. Yeah, I mean, Brooks has had two back-to-backs, T-seconds and solo seconds at majors. He just hasn't made it happen the, on Sunday. And I understand that, like it's hard to make an argument that Brooks isn't one of the top three best players in the world because he is second in the world. He's number one in the world right now. No, Brooks is number one in the world. 
you said Brooks. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant DJ. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so I understand the argument for him being in the big three. Um, I just don't see him being a factor for consistently for the next five years in the same way that he is now. I can already see his game like not doing what it's been doing the last few years. He has one win in Mexico and he kind of fell apart at Harbortown. Those were his best contention points besides PGA, which honestly he was only in contention because Brooks was falling and apart. And the Masters as well. And then, but he was also T second with three other guys, Shoffley, Brooks, and one other guy. Yeah, that's still in contention, though. I at, get it. At two majors. I get it. <clears throat> he He's just, I, I don't know. I just don't know who you would replace him with. You would replace him with Spieth, who has had a, you know, I th- ever since the British I, Open. I put played. my stock in Spieth over the next five years before DJ. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but you can't throw him in the big three right now is what I'm saying. I'm, I I'm mean, you can if you want to. I'm saying but for like, the next five years going forward, though. Like... Yeah. I think it's really hard to even come up with. It's the hardest. It is. It's one of the harder times to do it. And it's. It was obviously different than we were saying in 2016. I think it's going to be a, a revolving door until we get like. I honestly think that John Rom should be considered in that because he's he's young. He's got the game to do it. He's just. I think he gets held back by his mental. Well, we're talking about careers here. I understand. Rom does. Rom has what three PG? He has like four PJ Tour wins. I just think that. I think that he may, just like Brooks, came out of nowhere and started rattling off majors. I think he could be similar to that. I he think that he the, has. I don't t- think he has a temperament that Brooks does, though. I think that can change. I think really that, everyone I, thinks and he's a hothead. I know he is. I understand that. But there's, I yeah, think, there's a difference between passion and being like just like I agree that like Rom. Like I, the craziest thing is, is that I think Rom may be my favorite person with the media like i think he's extremely articulate i love what he is for the game off the course i even love what he is for the game on the course i love the fire and passion he has i think he just has a level to it that's a little bit of a detriment but it, i think it does more good than harm it just doesn't what do is he like 24 good. or 25 yeah he's young he's like yeah. he, he, i think he's younger than i think he's younger than speed yeah he absolutely is because speed was on tour like playing whenever he was i remember when he was an amateur and played in some events rom hmm and Jordan was on tour. So, I mean, yeah, you can make a case for Rom. Um, has like, he, no, he doesn't have the accolades. He hasn't right won now. since the last Desert Classic, right? Last year's Desert Classic. Not the one that Adam Long won. So, 2018. Did Rom fe- not, February. I thought Rom won this year, didn't he? Has he? I don't think so. We're going to have to say, like, the title of this podcast is US Open Post and the New Big Three question mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of podcasts do that, though. They do multi-topic. The thing, the, the cool thing, though, is that you can kind of see the dividing line between the the big three that I talked about in the sense that, like, you have the Rory and Spieth that do, like, the big major brand deals that, like, they both get cut the biggest checks out of anyone who's not Tiger. They both get eight-figure deals, right? Is it eight-figure? 2019 Zurich Classic. Uh, oh, yeah, he won the Palmer. team event, him and yeah. Palmer. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't even think about that event, though. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't, I knew he. Yeah. But did so, Speeth gets an eight figure contract from Under Armour. Rory gets an eight figure contract from Nike. Brooks doesn't do any brand deals really besides Nike. Like, he doesn't have a club equipment sponsor. Mickey Ultra, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I think there's a humility he to how, have, he how Brooks have a red can, man deal, too. Just a big red man tobacco on his side of his bag and i i think he has a certain purity to his game that like he plays the equipment that he wants to and like Mm -hmm. he has a different kind of 
different vibe than those two have to accomplish kind of what they're doing. Um, I think the the clear, because the craziest thing is, is that maybe we should never have this conversation about a big three because the 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 tour is deep and the people are are so uh, similar in capability and uh, skill set that it's gonna be it's gonna continue to be a revolving door. Because you had this conversation, uh, you know, back in 2015, and it was clearly, you know, Spieth, J Day, and Rory. Those were mm-hmm. those were. Uh, or DJ, but DJ didn't have a major yet by then. Mm-hmm. So it was it was Spieth, J Day, and Rory. And Rory. And they had both like gotten a couple. Yeah, and uh, and then after that in 2016, you could make an argument that it was DJ Spieth and J Day, but then Rory got a PGA win at the end of that season and got the FedEx Cup, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, Rory's back into it. Maybe you kick out DJ, and then 2017, you have uh. Spieth winning at the Open. You have Brooks winning at the Sergio US winning Open. The, yeah, Brooks. No, that was yeah. Brooks winning at the U.S. Open, and then you would say, yeah, it's probably it's probably DJ Spieth and maybe Roy Stewart. Still, I, I I don't really know. Um, it. I just think like I think what you said where the field's too deep is. Or that you're just not getting three people that are consistently clearly the best, like, or like are clearly going to continue to achieve greatness. Yeah, I think it's just hard to 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 call that out. Yeah, and we anyone and, can win at any given moment because the field is so deep. Kind of like with the argument we were having last podcast. Yeah, well, <sighs> and I, it's just it's cool for the game to see like those three big dudes, like this, it, just a template of Jack. Arnie and Gary just Mm -hmm. that those guys completely pioneered the game to new heights. And you're like, who's going to carry the torch going forward? Because Phil and Tiger can't continue to pull these ratings up. And so who are these guys are going to root for to achieve greatness? And I think right now, like the stock you got to put in, I mean, so how many years do you think Tiger has left in him? Because he's going to obviously be the needle mover until he's gone. I think the over under is three and a half. So maybe three, four, He's Maybe 42 five. right now. 43, I think. 43, so into his mid 40s. So I think yeah, late I think I think his I think his last year I think his last year where you can feel like he has a chance where he doesn't pull like a weird Jack 1986 thing like where he like every week every major like he could pull it off like mm-hmm. I think he can keep doing that until he's 48 maybe and then he might have a he might have like a, a an amazing moment at the masters in his maybe when he's 50 51 he might pull something crazy off at the masters but it's all health it, it's all dependent on how his body holds up because mm-hmm. i mean phil hasn't been played with injuries like tiger has yeah i feel like phil's going to be on the pga tour till he's like 55 like he may not be doing anything, but he's gonna be out there playing, you know. Yeah, and he'll continue to get ratings because personality sells, yeah. and like he'll keep, he'll keep being the witty guy he is for a long time. But yeah, taking those two guys out, I I, I don't know. You kind of have to rely on, it, you know. But what was your original question? You're asking how much longer does Tiger have in the sense of yeah, like, just thinking like how long it'll be until he's gone, and they're gonna have to have someone else that draws in that crowd. Yeah. Know? I mean, the like crazy the thing non, is the closer the non, that the, the non like avid golf 
And they're going to need it, too. They're going to need names to sell because the moment that Tiger's gone, they need someone to be able to keep the public interest. Because the closer that Tiger gets to Jack's record, the more the it's the more difficult it's going to be to continue to carry that momentum forward. Because what's the point after it? If Spieth only has three majors still, and Brooks only has four majors still, and Rory still hasn't gotten his fifth major, and none of them have gotten their grand slams yet, like, who gives a fuck in the grand scheme of things? Like, yeah. So it's like, who? What are the big guys that are gonna pick up the torch? Because honestly, I think DJ's out of time. Like, I don't unless he pulls something miraculous off over the next three years. Like, in the grand scheme of things, he doesn't even get close to the big the the big dudes. Like, you you need to 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 continue to garner a lot of public attention and rating spikes and stuff like that. You either have to have an infectious personality, which DJ does not have. Or you need to have an outstanding career on a major and a PGA Tour level. And the only guys that I think are capable of that to an nth degree is Rory, Brooks, and Spieth. Until I still see until I see JT come out healthy and strong and maybe Shoffley doing something crazy, I I don't think I don't think it's in his cards to do it. Yeah, I I don't think there's anyone with the the uh the just straight up personality to do that, like to like shine through and bring in the ratings. But like I that. mean, Tiger's personality isn't what brought people in. It was his sheer dominance. Well, you know, earlier it, on, he was kind of, you know, that young kid that was like cursing on the course and like, he had, a, he had a certain cockiness and arrogance and he was, and, and I think his, I think his celebrations are what made people so fired up and mm-hmm. get stoked on golf because this athlete was like completely changing the game. Um, but I think that's what Spieth has is he has an infectious personality of like grinding it out and having this passion. Like it's like every single major that he has, he has like that Kodak moment. Yeah. Like the like Greller, go get my yeah, ball like, go, thing. Yeah. Go get yeah. that. Like, and then it, it's, it's just, it's, it's he, I think Spieth has the closer tiger factor out of those three guys. I, I would agree with that. I think he's a. I think he's. Easier I mean, he, to, they were kind of. That was kind of. They were pushing him while Tiger was hurt. You know, like yeah. that was that was who he they was were the pushing. New ti- yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be the new Tiger. Um, and I think Brooks has Brooks has every opportunity in the world to do that, but I just don't think he's interested in doing that, or he doesn't even think in that way. Mm-mm. Like I don't think he wants to be this. Like, he, it's a weird double-edged sword. Like, he wants to not have like he doesn't want to show a bunch of personality or emotion or like he wants to be kind of mute out there and yet he wants all this public attention and like kind of spotlight on him while at the same time thinking he's too good for it it's kind of those things that's like do you want to be marketable or do you want to be this ice ice vein killer like yeah because they don't really come one and the same like i don't i don't really see I don't see that working out for him in like a marketing standpoint. I think Rory's extremely marketable. I think he's a, he has a great head for golf. He's very intelligent. He handles the media well. He's very thoughtful. But I, apart from like the Ryder Cup and like a couple instances, like I don't remember a single thing from his players when emotionally, like any of his reactions or like he just kind of like made it happen. But yeah, like, the most emotion I've seen out of Rory is at the Ryder Cup whenever him and Patrick Reed were having that yeah. that match. And that's a different animal. I understand yeah. that. And I remember his Bay Hill reaction. I remember like him yeah. winning that was a big deal, but it had been a while since he had won. Mm-hmm. It had been, I think, the PGA. Yeah, I just... I, the, the match with Patrick Reed when Rory was shushing the crowd and... That like, was by getting, far his most marketable moment. Yeah. So he has... 
you know, little hints of that here and there, but I think mm-hmm. Spieth is the easiest to market. I think he just has that personality. I think just the way he's gone about winning his majors and how close he's been, like Spieth should have three green jackets. Like he should mm-hmm. have five majors. So it's it's one of those things like he's had a bunch of close calls. Brooks has had a bunch of close calls. I think there's just like two different Rory's. I think there's Rory that we see the majority of the time when he's on tour and playing. Like we saw normal Rory at the players and normal Rory at uh, the Canadian Open. But there's the Rory when like when he was playing against Patrick Reed, when he gets that, like he starts walking and he gets that little hop in his yeah, body. Like yeah. whenever he's like in the zone and like all he's like yeah, he's like all he's focused he's on is gol- golf. He's like golf's Hercules. Like he has yeah. like this demigod like yeah. like aura to him. Like when he's going around, like he's bulletproof. Yeah, like and you can see it when he's in that. I mean, that's know? what that's what he was doing when he was winning majors, though. Like back yeah. in you know 2011, 2012, um, like when he was just obliterating fields and like just just being crazy, Rory. Like he he has that he has that another level that I think him and Brooks have. Um, I think Spieth has a certain resilience and scrappy kind of like scrambling and like get your, get yourself out of crazy situations kind of thing that like Brooks and Rory will win majors that Spieth doesn't because of their ability to boat race other people. Mm-hmm. But I think Spieth will have an ability to, to win the majors that Rory and Brooks would have failed to close out or failed to overcome and rebound in, in the same Just way from his grit. And just his creativity and his ability to kind of look at the game in different ways. Like, how many people would have taken the drop that Speed took on the range at Burkdale? Like, how many yeah. people would have thought of that going back, you know, hundreds of yards or like 100 yards? Yeah. And, like, he just has a creative mind to it. And I think, you know, and then all of them share that ability to kind of be ice cold. And, like, Brooks's approach on that long par three at uh, at Bell Reef to beat Tiger and Spieth's like we almost aced that par three at Burkdale with mm-hmm. with Kucher on the on the line. So it, it's uh, I think they kind of shared that kind of ice cold ability to kind of close things out. But they all have different ways of how they kind of routinely achieve their majors. Yeah. So I don't know what our numbers are at, like as far as how far long we've been talking for. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're like an hour and 20 in. So we yeah, can wrap so, it up. Yeah, it's kind of a dual podcast here with two different topics, but uh yeah, I mean, do we have any closing remarks we want to say about uh just you know, props to Gary Woodland. Uh, he's he's a, he's a bit on the older side, so it's cool like you don't know how many more years he has left in him and mm-hmm. I think it's great to see him get his win out. I think he's 35 right now. I'm sure he could continue to be successful, but you know, it's good to see uh him pull it out he get, seems to be a popular major guy. yeah in the belt i think it's an accolade that i think i don't know uh i don't know what his previous accomplishments are i know he may have i know he won waste management and i think he maybe has one more win besides that but he's one of those consistent guys that's always in the mix that you could think could pull it out in one week and you know it doesn't surprise me that he has a major now and he seems to be a popular guy amongst the other tour pros and he seems like a perfectly good dude so uh there's guys that I would have. Uh, He's got four PGA Tour wins. Cool. Yeah. So. Or the, yeah, and it's already including the U.S. Open. Damn, that's quick. Um. So I I think there's a I think there's a fair number of people that I would I, I prefer him winning over than them. So uh, there's there's less deserving winners out there. So I think it's good that he won it, and it wasn't the three peat, but I think at the end of the day. 
you can't expect Brooks, Rory, Spieth, these 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 giants in golf to always rattle off these major wins. So yeah, I mean, I, I was you know just really pulling for that three peat. Just it would have been cool. For oh yeah, historic it's been over a hundred and ten so. years since it had happened, and yeah. it just continues to solidify that he's gonna. And just the fact that he had the shot to do it in this era, like I'm yeah. sure it was a much different field back then yeah it is now i mean and let i mean this can i I know we're trying to kind of wrap it up and we don't want to get too caught up back on this big three conversation but rory doesn't have the same runner-up finishes that spieth and and brooks do in the sense of like brooks now has three runner-ups or two runner-ups yeah and spieth has two as well like and to be honest that loss to bubba should have like been a runner-up as well like um, maybe it even was, I'm not even sure it was a while back now. Um, so it's a lot of things to take into consideration Tour wins as well. I think it's a thing that we should maybe revisit here on occasion because it's such an interesting conversation in the scope of mm-hmm. golf and it's always changing, but it'd be great to start seeing three dudes kind of run out in front of the pack and be the marketable assets going forward because we can't continue to live off of, uh, the achievements of previous greats. So I'm, I'm excited for the health of golf. I think Gary Woodland's a great sign that golf is doing good and there's great uh, tons of great talent. He earned the fuck out of this major and he played great golf and Pebble is a great test. Yeah. Uh, congrats to Gary. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with him winning it. He did it in great fashion, sinking that long birdie putt on 18. So that was cool. And he played his ass off all week. And, you know, I, you know, besides Brooks or Ricky, like I'm, you know, not, not unhappy with him winning it you know like you said like yeah there would have been oh there would have been a people i would have been more upset with not that i'm upset with it, yeah but. so what do we have looking forward to in the schedule after this uh obviously fucking the open which is a month away yeah um, i mean this schedule does make it feel like who gives a shit about tour events in between yeah i don't i don't even know what the schedule is but uh we'll figure it out and we'll, we may have a podcast in the next couple of weeks or so but uh We'll get back. I mean, to if you. we if we have a pod for the uh, for the open, we might have the preview here and the post tournament across the pond. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. We may, we'll me and uh, me and Andrew are going to be over there for uh, Port Rush. Port Rush, yeah, Royal Port Rush. So uh, that'll be cool. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll let y'all know. Thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button, and we will fucking talk to you later. Peace.